Welcome back to another episode of the Keen the Late Podcast, the uh, premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in its title whatsoever, and we are live from my apartment this morning in the bedroom of Remy, my dog, the Siberian Husky. She has uh, rented out her space to us and allowed us to record our final episode of 2019. Hi, this is Jake, uh, your host, and with me always, my co-host, Wilson Torres. Hey, young world. Ah, welcome. Um, no one said we would make it to 50 episodes. No, no one ever believed you make it to 51. Um, no. And here we are at the end of 2019, <laughs> wrapping up the year with kind of our best of list. So we don't have Beguile um, recording at Beguile, I should no, say. We aren't really drinking whiskey because it's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Although I did add a little <laughs> Mr. Black coffee liqueur into my coffee here. back a little black. Mm-hmm. Keep it black. Keep the no, um, yeah, so it has been quite the year in 2019 for uh, both of us when it comes to Personal stuff, um, kind of involving this podcast and where it's kind of gone over the last ooh, almost, ten months, almost yeah, year. almost eleven months or so, <clears throat> um, but basically ten months. And uh, also from our uh, business perspective, perspectives too, um, within the whiskey industry. If you're kind of new to the podcast and haven't heard us talk so much about what we do, the last couple of episodes we've been pretty transparent about our careers, um, kind of what we've done in the whiskey industry. Over the last couple of years, but just a fresh reminder, uh, Wilson is a, um, what, what is your tech title? Just, I, I would say brand ambassador, but you're yeah, kind of just, more in that. Um, no, I'm, technically, I'm the brand ambassador. It's a brand representative. Brand, brand representative brand specialist. Brand specialist of Union Horse Distilling <clears throat> Co. out of Lenexa, Kansas. Um, they are an American distilling company. They're producing some really great rice, um, bourbons. And those kinds of sorts of American whiskeys, uh, where myself, I am the brand ambassador for Star Ward Whiskey here in the United States, one of two ambassadors that we have. Um, we are based out of Melbourne, Australia, making primar- primarily single malt whiskey uh, using all local Australian grains and trying to make it really an authentic Australian whiskey. Um, with that, um, my job, I just started it back in April um, after my boss approached me at Whiskey World of Whiskeys at Benny's in uh, March of this past of this year. And uh, Wilson has quickly been there with uh, Union Horse maybe two years in April? Yeah, because was I, I joined them in April the year before you starting yeah. with Star Wars. So. It seems a lot longer than that. Yeah, it does seem a lot longer that way. It's um, actually, it'll be two years. Yeah, come, two um, years in April, yeah. In April, yeah. Crazy. Um, time has flown by. I can speak for the both of us and say that we, uh, <laughs> um, we don't know where time has gone. It's a question. Not on our side. It's a mythical question. Sure. Um, we are taking some time here, even though I think I'm working this afternoon, depending on the snow, if it comes or not. Um... But when it involved being an ambassador or a specialist or whatever you want to call it, this stage whiskey, it's a lot of uh, feet on the ground, traveling, less time in your car. Me personally, I have to do a lot of flying across the country yeah. um, for events because we just don't have a lot of representation in the United States just yet, being our first year of sell- sales in the U.S. But with that, you just you get worn out. So yeah. this last five days, week or so that we have the year, um, the bar managers, they, uh, they have ordered their bottles. Um, all the retail accounts have their shelves fully stocked for the holidays and the new year. We don't have much to do, so <laughs> we talk on a podcast we about do. whiskey. And the things that we have ventured through in 2019, um, is there any, way, any place you want to certainly certain start um, on that list, or do you just want to stop, start from the Let's top? Let's go from the top. I like okay. the top. Um, so basically, we're going to run down a bunch of categories. And also kind of uh, one thing, which I'm excited most to probably hear from Wilson is, 
plan your perfect night out in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have basically about 10 categories or so that we're going to run down, listing off our uh, top three to five favorites. So yeah. first off, um, and we're kind of mostly sticking with Chicago, but we're doing, I'm going to do a little bit of national and a little international as well. Um, I traveled to Melbourne, as I said. Um, well, I didn't say it actually, uh, but onto the distillery over in Melbourne, our distillery. Um, for a week or so, and then I also spent about 12 days in Portugal on my honeymoon, which I have to say, I guess, since my wife's in the other room over there, um, <laughs> even though she doesn't listen to this podcast, that's probably the best decision I made in 2019, is getting married to my lovely, lovely wife. Um, I was there. Wilson was there. Was there. He was there. He looked, looked dashing in his light blue suit. My light blue Marina suit. blue suit? Marina blue. I wore a navy suit. Yeah. I had to stand out. You had to stand I out. I was the bride. You, I mean, you know, Groom. you had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, too, you were one of the two main people. Yeah. Um, but And also, if you're, uh, please, if you're listening, um, send us DMs. Um, shout us out, whatever way you want to. Uh, we mostly are through Instagram yeah. about um, some of your favorite spots that we might go uh, might go over. Um, we're going to do bars, restaurants, events, events to attend, cocktails. Mm-hmm. Share, please share with us um, your feelings, your favorite parts of 2019, because as much as we want uh, this podcast to be, as much as it is about kind of ourselves and our identity through the whiskey industry and how we've related to the past and how we're looking towards the future, we want it to be about the listeners, the people in um, Chicago that create the whiskey industry and people all throughout the country and the world, because we've had a lot of national guests on, a lot of international guests too. Didn't really have any intent behind this podcast other than just kind of to share what our experiences are in the whiskey industry and hear other people's stories. So um, with that, the, for our last podcast we will of the year, we will go into what we experienced. Yeah. Um, starting with number one, Wilson, top three to five favorite bars. I'm going to follow your lead, and I'm going to mention a couple outside of Chicago. would love um, to. Wilson did some traveling to South Carolina this year. Yeah. Where else? Uh, South Carolina is the great state of Kentucky. Oh, um, yeah. That's right. A couple times, and then obviously here back home. I don't do a lot of extensive traveling, but when I do, I try to really indulge in the local scene as to where mm-hmm. to go, what to eat, so on and so forth. So at the top of my list, I think I w- in the um, I'm going to go Chicago because, of course, I'm a Chicago kid. The bar, and mind you, I know this is really weird. Um, there are we just recorded a podcast there, and I we I haven't been back since, but mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited about the place, and that's Ositos Tap mm-hmm. um, in Little Village, um, in a little village neighborhood of Chicago. I am just really itching to get back there, so I'm really excited about there. I'm going there. They're having a Rolling Twenties party? Yeah. That's true. Right. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, I really was impressed with the janitor's closet. Mm. Um, at the Field Room Hotel. Um, that was a pretty cool place. Um, mind you, these are first places I've gone. I have favorite places to go, but I kind of like to keep those to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... The BS will be remain hidden. Yeah. And then, gosh. It's hard to... Is there any new place? I mean, we're going to go over new places we yeah. found, too. Um, I think. Is there any places? I mean, like, I have Fountainhead on my list. I mean, see, that's the thing. We go to Fountainhead. Yeah. We it's do like, business there, and we go there yeah, as patrons. Before we did business there. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, technically. I mean, before we were both purely brand ambassadors, yeah. um, we still went there. We still went there. Yeah, and it's one of the great yeah. neighborhood rooftops in the summertime I for do. Chicago. I, I, that's a great fucking place. So, like, it's on there. I mean, if, if anybody knows, like, we always have a biased opinion towards Fountainhead. Um, 
Bob, who is the beverage director there, um, he's a friend of ours. He does business, we do business with him. He's treated us very well as people yeah. and also um, for our individual businesses as well. True. Um, when it comes to col- being colleagues in this industry. Yeah. Um, but they have uh, one of the best whiskey lists in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They have um, pretty fun cocktail list. One of the best deals in Chicago when it comes to drinking whiskey on yeah. Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights, yeah. Um, yeah, so I have, and it's kind of when I go to, it's not in my neighborhood, it's close to my neighborhood, so Correct. it's kind of like, one of my, in a way, one of my neighborhood spots. We do a lot of business up in that part of Chicago in the Ravenswood, uh, Lincoln Square area, mm-hmm. so you're just kind of up there a lot. So like I had that on my list, too, just kind of yeah. maybe help you out with something else. Um, and then I have, like, some other go-to standards, like... Um, like the native, which is, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you don't do business there. I do with Jared. Um, so I had the pleasure of going there once or twice a month, usually kind of popping in. And it's always one of those bars like, Hey, I'm gonna go hit up some Logan square bars and I, I go there first <laughs> and then I don't leave. <laughs> Might as um, well just do work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll just keep emptying those bottles of star Wars on the, t- on the shelf for you. But the reason why I like it so much is that the bartenders are so nice and friendly. Um, the people, it's really one of those neighborhood spots where, it's crazy. I've been there with maybe like, let's say 20 other people on a Wednesday night, pretty early on. It's more oh, between yeah. six to eight and everyone in the bar knows each other. Really? Yeah. Like it's That's cool. Yeah. It's cool as hell. Like and then that. like people come in and the bartenders are super nice and it's approachable. Like how we talk about that lost art of customer service when it comes mm-hmm. to bartending um, and acknowledging your customers, they still have it. Yeah. Um, and I've actually never seen, That's actually cool. I've actually never been there in the night when Jared's been there. So I'm not just saying it cause he's a buddy. Uh, I've just really come to really grow and appreciate that place. Mm. And if I lived in Logan Square, that would definitely be my little place local to. hangouts. And it's great prices as well. So, yeah. um, they like fun slushies and things like that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can dig that. One of the best. I think it's the best selling Malort bar in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're into those kind of things, which I'm not, um, <laughs> please go ahead and go there. Um, but yeah, is there anything else on the list? Yeah, you know, I have to. I'll have to give it out because it's it's only fair. Um, those guys, they just as you were talking about, you know, how you were talking about Jared and his mm. staff there uh the guys over at ward eight um oh yeah on definitely. the far side of, of uh chicago it's right on howard street those guys um they're just phenomenal they, they take classic cocktails and they they keep them that way and they do them just if not top three as far as keeping the classics classics and not riffing off of them and doing them right mm-hmm. so i love those guys out there um yeah so that's one of my places that's just for sure cool that i love to go to um so shout out to the guys over at uh, ward eight over on the uh, far north side of chicago definitely um for me like for the my list i have fountainhead and native on there um I actually haven't been there that much this year. And I'm probably, I'm very disappointed in myself, um, and I'm sure all the other Everton fans are as well. <laughs> uh, this is a bar called AJ Hudson's. It's total just a, it's a neighborhood hang. It's kind it's a sports bar, I guess. But mm. when I say that, it's a soccer bar. <laughs> um, the owner is actually from Everton, which is a neighborhood in Liverpool, um, England, where uh, my favorite soccer team is from. As some call it football over there, mm. across the pond. Um, and I used to go there quite frequently on Saturday and Sunday mornings and have a Guinness, have a cup of coffee, watch the toffees, usually a draw, sometimes lose, sometimes win. Um, <laughs> it, they're just one of those teams that has a great rich culture and history to them, but they just uh, really aren't in a winning phase right now. But we're turning it around, baby, as we speak, <laughs> as we speak. Um, it's a great bar, great neighborhood hang. Um, also have the Victor Bar on there. Um, oh. I feel like it's one of the most underrated bars in Chicago. It's not very big. Right. It's in a very nondescript area. Very Parisian. Very Parisian, indeed. 
Um, it's dark. It's small. Yeah. Um, it's intimate. Um, it is when I say intimate. those, when I describe it that way, um, there's no too deep at that bar. No, no. Yeah, if you no if you are with more than four people. I hope you get there early. <laughs> As um, they open Yeah, they have some tables behind the bar, but there's no standing at the bar to hang out unless you like literally want to stand in between two of your friends that are sitting on stools. Yeah. Um, but some of the best cocktails in the city, um, some of the strongest cocktails. Strong. <laughs> yeah, strong. You That's... will get your money's worth there. The pours yeah. are excellent. Yeah. It's almost um, like a Cetus, you know, cafe. I want to be completely <laughs> transparent too. Like we don't do business there. Neither of us do. Neither of us have bottles on the back shelf there. Um, but I don't a, think we ever have from any of the companies we've worked with. No. Um, they are pretty... Uh, very selective. Yeah, very selective when it comes to, such, to tr- purchasing their whiskeys, mm-hmm. um, gins and miscalls and all that stuff. But um, always great. Um, always have a great shake and a great stir to the hand mm. uh, there. Um, then there's a couple international places that I traveled, um, which can kind of go into the next category of newly discovered bars. But... Uh, but I'll just kind of lead into it with this. Um, there's a place in uh, Australia, in Melbourne, called um, The Boiler Room, which is, I think they have over 900 whiskeys. Wow. It's decorated kind of like an old-school library whiskey kind of club to oh, it. Oh, yeah, I remember the picture. Um, private booths, yeah. uh, basically private, but very open as well. Um, the bar itself, uh, then it has a really great beer list. And mm. what they're called the Boilermaker House for is because they pair good whiskey with good beer. Mm-hmm. So um, you can get like a, I think it's maybe like eight or 10 ounces of beer, a nice dram as well, and really try to pair a whiskey with a beer. So they have a selection, like mm-hmm. 20 different selections on a menu. And then you can ask too, like, hey, so like I asked, you know, like um, they have a Star Wars barrel that they pour out of there. Oh, wow. And asked one of the bartenders, like, what do you think? Will it pair well? So he chose a juicy IPA and a nice. porter, I believe. And there were six or seven of us. So we got, I think there were six. So we got, um, each got a pour of whiskey. Then we got three beers and split them. And just try to try it out that way. So so you paired on the fly, like yeah, blindly. Yeah. I love it. Um, so really great kind of atmosphere to it. Um, no one's in there, like, at least a time or two I was there. No one's, like, bouncing off the walls, like, you know, getting drunk on Jack and Coke and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, really quiet atmosphere. Really um, intimate where, like, your group is it's kind of secluded in a way because the booths are so big. Um, and separated from one another that you can actually have conversations with people, talk about what you're drinking, talk yeah, about your day, nice. wherever you want to go with it too. Cool atmosphere. Um, and the other part of my favorite place I visited while over in Melbourne, which will lead into, I guess, our next category of new and newly discovered bars. Just before we get there, shout out to Dry Hop, which is my local beer joint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just down the street from me, which I talk about a lot in this podcast. But uh, newly, uh, new and newly discovered bars um, mm, for us is, yeah. um, I'll start with Bad Frankie, which Bad is probably Frankie. the most influence, influential bar I've ever been to in my entire life. Influential personally to me. I huh. So it's a bar in um, Melbourne. I believe it used to be old, like uh, kind of like Friar Tuck, but like for like Greek men. Okay. Um, place, very small, not, not like not incredibly small, but um, it feels like you're kind of walking into like like 1970s, um, a little bit tiki, but okay. like a little bit, little bohemian as well, gotcha. kind of influence to it. Um, they don't have food except for a little. Um, cooking oven the guy has in the back and he makes these little like uh i can't like a little fried sugary chocolatey snacks to him hmm. it's like an australian tree i can't okay. I, can't, I can't remember the exact name to it so escaping my head yeah so, so it's, it's very not lo- vegemite no no i don't think so <laughs> very local that's it but so he has this very huge very eclectic back bar of only australian made products 
Interesting. So it's only Australian gins, Australian vodkas, okay. and Australian whiskeys, and then like all these liqueurs. Okay. So he has like Star Wars bottles there that I didn't even know we ever that made. Existed. Just like kind of one-off projects. Okay. Um, and there's always other great, um, like Sullivan's Cove and all these amazing gins, and they use a lot of the berries down there to make different kind of like slow gins in mm-hmm. a way. It's mm-hmm. not slow gin in necessarily a sense that um, what the English and what we do here, because they use like some other local uh, fruits there to make it. Okay. So it's like fruit and base gins. Amazing, amazing. And so the guy who owns it, um, Seb, he is just like the ambassador for Spears when it comes to Australia. And I sat and talked to this guy, our whole group did, for like two hours. And he just pulled the bottles off the shelf and said, here, try this, smell that. Um, let's put a little bit of tonic in here with this, a little soda water with this one. Trying new things. And then also you're eating these little like pastry things. Um, <laughs> that are like Australian products, and so like, I'm sitting the whole entire time like, why doesn't Chicago have a bar like this? Yeah, because or at least why don't we have a bar representing the Midwest like this? Australia's okay. a big place, yeah. um, so like you can Chicago wouldn't be a big enough reach or Illinois, mm-hmm. I think, to really support a bar like it. But like, what if you did like this little like pan pizzas? But like, did it really, really, really well? Yeah, like you went to a, a professional chef and said, how can I have this little toaster oven thing yeah. and make the best quality pizza possible? Like using the right doughs, right sauces, and making these little like just you know like ten inch pizzas for like a table so to small. share. Yeah, okay. but then only having Midwestern products on the back shelf. Okay. And like only pouring everything that's created here in the Midwest. So a lot of Chicago brands, a lot gotcha. of a lot of um you know. Michigan brands and having beers from all over the because we, yeah. we have some of the best beers in the world are based out of the Midwest, and we have some really great whiskeys that are up and coming. I mean, true. if you guess if you, would, if you would, I don't know if I can include Kentucky in the Midwest because <laughs> then you can get a uh, we can get a backlash. Yeah, well, push back on that because yeah. they consider themselves the South. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, it would it would just kind of overwhelm your back bar yeah. too. But if you could really do it, but anyways, um, this place is just amazing. And Seb was, I'm not doing it justice to kind of the uh, the great guy he was and how humble and welcoming he was to our group and to myself personally, mm-hmm. asking him questions the entire night, like asking, you know, what's the process of this, of this distillery? Where'd mm-hmm. you get this bottle? Um, you know, what what kind of grain are they using for this mash bill? Everything like that. Yeah. And he knew the answers to every, every single question, every single Amazing. bottle. Yeah. So that was kind of one of my That's favorite. That's pretty fucking cool yeah. to be able to have that complete experience in one place. Yeah, and I was out drinking and eating the entire time when I was in Australia, mm. and this one just... That stood out. It's it, it's imprinted in my mind for the rest of my life. Interesting. So yeah, Bad Frankie. Um, one of my favorite bars, um, I'll be uh, I'll be up front with all of these ones when I say I'm doing business with them, like well, at least that we have some bottles in the back bar, is King of Cups. Um, Danny, who runs it, is just a super dude. He's nerded out completely when it comes to mixology (laughs) and cocktails and making bitters and making anything possible to add to his cocktails and making them separated from anybody else. Uh, It's located in Lincoln Park of Chicago. Um, It looks like 17th century Europe threw up all over the walls with a little (laughs) bit like a Halloween kind of feel to it, but it just really, really works out. (laughs) um, They have a psychic that you can get your hand palm red there um, on a nightly basis. too. Yeah, It's pretty cool. Um, And then some of the best cocktails I've had this entire year are from there. Uh, I think he changes his cocktail list like every four to six weeks. Really? And he just kind of comes up on the fly. He makes a lot of his own products to um, help with that when making the juices, making the bitters and all that kind of stuff. Um, So that's kind of one of my new favorite places. So if you're in Chicago, check that out. And then uh, also... um, I've known about this bar for a long time in New York, but I've really wanted to go there for, I don't know, five, six years. Mm-hmm. It's called Torst. It is a, Torst. It's one of the best beer bars in the whole entire country, one of the best collection of um, uh, craft beers. So it's it's totally dedicated to that. It's very kind Just of... national? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I think they may have international brews as well. Okay. Um, but 
it's just kind of like a mecca for craft beer. Mm. Um, that I guess they have this like cellar down in the basement that, that it's just like full oh, of like cool. all these rarities that only certain people could go to down there and try. Yeah, that's cool. um, but I finally got to go there. I was staying in a hotel. It's in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. I was staying not too far from it. I was left the party around eleven o'clock at a rooftop, and I was like, you know, I got an early flight tomorrow <laughs> at five thirty, so I should probably be responsible and go home. Yeah. And then I realized I'm like. I think Torst is somewhere near my hotel. So as I'm walking back, I look up on Google Maps, and sure enough, it was only like five minutes away. So I walked down there, had a couple, of, <laughs> had a couple of drinks, and um, it was kind of like a little bit of a dream come true going to that bar. Um, then also uh, Inco Nito, which is in downtown LA in the Arts District. It's cool. um, amazing bar. We do do business with them. Star Wars does, um, but I went there before we even were selling there. Mm. And was totally overwhelmed. They have their own uh, cocktail machine they made. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's like a, like the Jim Beam highball machines, but okay. with, like, with like four or five variants of okay. their own, like what they constructed out of it. That's interesting. And making their own cocktails. It's an amazing Japanese restaurant as well. Um, Nathan, who runs the bar, um, he's actually from Australia, so mm-hmm. kind of how we fit in there. Funny you should say that. I was at Biddy's the other day, and I saw a cocktail machine. Yeah, the new soda stream things, that, yeah. but like they're for cocktails. Yeah, yeah. it's the same ones that make the Keurigs. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna yeah. say I think it was a Keurig, but I couldn't remember properly. Yeah, it's the same company makes that. Um, yeah, so it, um, awesome cocktails, awesome food, um, pretty good Japanese whiskey list as well. I love it. If you're going there, and a couple other ones, uh, Swillin' in Chicago. Ah, uh, Swillin'. Um, shout out to Lamar. Shout yeah. out to, to Dustin. If he's still there, <laughs> he's there till the end of the year. Okay. Then he'll move on. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, a nice little hideaway. Um, kind of a. Uh, Downstairs, great uh, fucking food. The chit chat. Oh yeah, chit chat. Um, great cocktails. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, good place just to go hang out, um, have a good conversation. Yeah. Um, bartenders are pretty well knowledgeable as well. Yeah, um, good to talk to them. But Dustin has a background in all that. Yeah, you know, so he's opened what, what four bars in the last four years. So <laughs> Something like, like that. You know, he's got his hand on that pretty good in training as people. And um, one other one's just shout out um, Tate, who was on. I think episode 20, he's a bar called uh, Bebo Ergo Sum in uh, L.A., in Hollywood, West Hollywood. It's really great bar. Um, great cocktails. Gone there a couple times. Um, we don't do business with him. I mm-hmm. just met him last year uh, through a cocktail competition and kind of became, like, DM buddies, not in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we just kind of kept in touch. And uh, about, every time I've been out to L.A., I try to get to his bar. Um, really amazing cocktails. Has a really like a art deco um 1920s kind of feel to it but they really they really if you want to, you can hear him talk about it for an hour on that episode i think it's episode 20 tate foreman um kind of his passion and uh love for history but also with cocktails kind of fusing together to make that bar oh i like that um but Wilson, i will let you go now yeah me um i think that's one of my things that i need to improve upon however oh. in my travels Travels. The first place that I really made it in, uh, that I really enjoyed, was Hell or High Water in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. Um, I was, <laughs> I must have walked by it where I'm, I drove. You know, I rode one of those Lime scooters that you can get off of Uber or whatnot. I must have like ridden up that same street where it's located like four or five times looking for the address, and I couldn't find it. And then I just ultimately went up to a hotel, and they're like, "It's right around that corner. It's a storefront. You got to go in. It, it doesn't say, you know." It doesn't, it's not very well, um, the signage is non-existent. In other words, you walk in and there's literally a, a host and or hostess that greet you, ask you if you have an appointment or of some, some nature. If you say no, that's fine. They're like, okay, no problem. You know, they, they'll sit you at the bar. So they literally guide you down this, this, uh, amazing, uh, 
corridor and then down some stairs. Next, you know, you're into speakeasy. And it is nice. outstanding. Red leather boots that are tufted, uh, tough red, red leather uh, boots, um, boots, that's the same, with candles, you know, little votives and whatnot. The cocktail list is uh, not long, which I that's what I loved about it. It allows you to have maybe two to three, and then you can, uh, they have an hour where you can just, you know, the bartender starts whipping up something special. Or if you have, what I loved about it is that they, um, if there was something that wasn't, you weren't too keen on, on the, on the menu, they allowed you to just like, this is what I like. And they whipped up something right there in front of me. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that just speaks to the craft in our industry. Yeah. Um, especially the talent behind the bar. Um, so I love that place. Um, another place in Louisville that I really, for some, it just really spoke to me was, um, the Silver Dollar. Nice. Uh, Great whiskey place. Uh, Had probably one of the best pan-fried pork chops there. Um, I'll probably talk more about food. (laughs) That's okay. That's totally okay. Um, But it was just probably... people know. Yeah, man. It's it's one of those those places that I was just like, holy shit, that was probably one of the best, you know, skillet-fried pork chops I've ever had in my life. Um, So shout out to the Silver Dollar. Um, Here in Chicago, um, I found that the... um, the Lazy Bird was actually kind of uh, at the Huxton Hotel. That was actually oh, quite impressive. Yeah. 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 Um, so that kind of impressed me. I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, hotel bars yeah. um, or speakeasies, you know, speakeasies can be... It's like, what, one of four bars they have Yeah, there that too? they have inside. Yeah. So it's like, I didn't know what they were trying to do, what their angle was. Um, but I'm like, fuck it. You know, I sat down at the Lazy... Uh, and the Lazy Bird had a tremendous two cocktails, and then um, you go into the actual Huxton Hotel, and you can sit at the hotel lobby bar, which I found just as impressive. Yeah. Usually hotel bars. Have you been upstairs? In the l- I have not. Okay. No, I have not. And that's when bartender at the ground level at the yeah. lobby bar was telling me about it, but I was on a short you know, oh, okay. time, but... I think that's... Shout out to the Hoxton where we met yeah, Graham Cushing. We did. Yep. That's right. We did. Um, but I think I gravitate more to that type of bar, the hotel bar. The, the lobby one? The lobbies. The lobby one's great, too, because oh, there's people just in and out yeah. the whole time. There's yeah. a little bit of a restaurant there, too. A little um, bit. Not um, too, not um, too but much. But there's a coffee shop right there. Mm-hmm. Um, the lounge is really... It's a, it's a really cool it's, lounge it's to hang out in. I've stayed in two Hoxtons, and uh, actually it was... I was in my like consideration for new bars as well. <laughs> Just the whole hotel itself because um, the rooftop it. is amazing. Oh, I, it's I not really the that. scene I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, when it comes to people, yeah. um, the, the bar staff was really nice and great. Uh, they're very accommodating to our. We had like four or five people on a Saturday night go yeah. up there. Pretty like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. So you know it's already pretty busy. Gotcha. But they're very accommodating to us um, in that sense. Uh, yeah, but um, good choice. Yeah, I love that. And then uh, not too far from there, I'm a big fan. Um, I'm actually, I go there more because of I'm a big fan of the actual beverage direction there. So shout out to Caitlin Lehman. Oh, heck yeah. I'm a big fan of the way uh, uh, of the uh, bar over at uh, City uh, City Mouse is downstairs is the eating, eatery slash lobby bar. And then the way down upstairs, um, right on uh, Morgan Street over in uh, the Full Market area. Big fan of, of hers. Her cocktail list is just, again, simplistic. Um, not a lot of ingredients in her cocktails, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lounging area where you can see the sky. I mean, I'm just more of a yep. sit and take in the in- environment and watch people come in and You love the atmosphere, I man. I love. I do. I, that's, that's what I look for. I love speakeasies if they're done right and they pay homage to what speakeasies were 
and, and their place in, in, in our industry and in our history and, and yep. what they can be and what they should be. Um, so just because this has the word speakeasy attached to it doesn't <laughs> automatically sell me. Um, it Very true. will get me into the door and on, and, and sit. Try it at least and, once. Yeah, and belly up and, um, and, and have a cocktail and, ha- and a conversation. But that's what brings me back. If I have a conversation, I'll be back. But if I just sit at the bar and no one talks to me, yeah. I'm out. A lot of speakies can take themselves a little too serious. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Yes. And Which is what I love about the janitor's closet, the new speakeasy over at the Fieldhouse Jones. I haven't been there yet. That's fabulous. It literally looks like you're in a janitor's closet <laughs> because nice. it's like hidden, you know, it's downstairs. Yeah. It's great. It's a great, great space. So shout out to Jeff, who's the head bartender there. Uh, shout out to uh, Yannick Evans, who just uh, worked his last night there. Uh, hmm. He's now going to concentrate more on um, his family's business in Evanston called the Peckish Pig. So shout out to him and the Peckish Pig uh, nice. crew up there as well. Um, that's about it for me. Um, I Was there any place in Chicago that's been open for a while that you went to the first time this year? Mm, I know it happens a lot for us. Yeah. I, I was, I was, it was funny because, okay, so. There's so many though. I know. Oh, and, Promontory on the south side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been Great there. Great fucking yeah, place. Yeah, heard about it, yeah. So for those who are not familiar with Chicago, um, the north side of town is pretty much where everything happens. And then you have the central location, the mm-hmm. loop, and then the river north area, river west. You know, there's just... South loop. South loop. You know, that's where everything is pretty much, you know, centralized. But I've always mentioned this. I don't know if I've really talked about it much on, on, on the podcast, but I know I have with Jake and other friends of ours in the industry that the south side of Chicago is kind of behind in the scenes... Um, I think Mike Moreno um, touched on this mm-hmm. when we last talked with him. Yeah, so if you listen to Mike's podcast, Mike is on yeah. the southwest side of the city. Correct. So that's um, kind of where he comes from. So he comes from that, born and raised, and he, and he's, you know, I love that he's just so in tune with his history and his community. Um, promontory food in on the south side of Chicago is phenomenal. Mm. Uh, good cocktails, good food, and amazing people. Um, nice. It's, it's a very diverse crowd, and I think that's what really um, – prompted me to go back was the diversity of the people that were there. Yeah. You had Hyde Park residents, you had Garfield Park residents, you had South, you know, back of the yard park residents. You had everyone con- converging into this this one place and everyone got along. Everyone just shared the the magic and and and, and the environment. Um, with one another laughing and smiling and, and greeting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. Nice. So shout out to Promontory Food. Um, I'm looking forward to going back there in 2020 for sure. And, Sounds great. And help um, them develop and help build help them build community down there and, and the cocktail scene. And also uh, just bring in more whiskey and, and more spirit to that side of town because it's untapped, it's un, it's untouched, and it's underserved, regretfully, but that'll change next cool. year. Yeah, well, um, definitely. And then go back to kind of just bars in general. We yeah. left out um, Beguile Brewing. Oh. <laughs> um, shout out to Beguile. Shout Obviously, to we Beguile. drink there a lot. Um, yeah. If you're visiting Chicago, make it a place you have to go visit. <laughs> um, kind of move a little bit faster here so we pick up on the pace of this. Um, I think Wilson and I probably have a lot more overlapping places and people we're talking we're talking about here in the next few t- categories. But what's next is places you drink. Um, I didn't always describe this probably to you the best of way, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a place as in a physical place of a bar or a restaurant, or maybe it was an atmosphere or a state that was outside of Chicago. Yeah. What'd you go with? I would have to go with my trip down in Kentucky. Nice. Um... Which and was recent? Which was, uh, let's call it a month ago. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, um, fuck it. Yeah, I want to say it's over a month ago. It yeah. was October. 
late October, early November. Anyways, um, we, I drank on, on the distillery's grounds. I just, I, Mm. I just walked around a distillery's grounds, historic grounds, sacred grounds, man. I mean, we're talking about grounds that once was something, a vision of a man, uh, Colonel, uh, Colonel H. Taylor is his name. Um, and I walked to those grounds for about an hour and a half with a, a, a pour in my hand <laughs> and uh, took it all in. Nice. That, I think, was my um, epiphany. Mm. It was just a moment. And um, What did you have an epiphany about? There's, there's a lot. There's, there's so much more to what we do. There's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. rich, rich, so, deep history. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, digging into those things a lot more this coming year. Any other places? No. No? No. Um, I don't really go out. <laughs> we go out funny. for a living. So I mean, yeah. we go out for a living, so yeah. when I have a chance, I, I don't want to um, go. <laughs> I get you on that. Uh, one I shared with you, was, I would say, was a shot of a Jim Beam white label we had right before the ceremony to my wedding. <laughs> Fortunately, the um, vendor of our ho- of our uh, ceremony, they couldn't get the whiskey I requested, multiple different bottles. So I think the best bottle we had there was like Maker's 46 and some Jim Beam Reserve or something. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I was kind of nervous. Not nervous for like getting married, just nervous. It's like people staring at you for, you know, whatever. Hours. Yeah, just like a lot of the whole day kind of like just yeah. kind of coming to it. So I had a shot with uh, my groomsmen um, and my brother who's a pastor who part- decided not to partake um, and my best friend who's <laughs> a uh, surgeon and doesn't drink a lot. So I had half of his shot, I think, too. Um, but Cousin Pete definitely had all Cousin of Cousin Pete. So that was yeah. one that was just really cool, um, you know, with my best buds um, throughout my life, um, literally people that have known me my entire life with my cousin. I feel, I feel like an asshole because I was actually there partaking so i apologize no it was it was perfect gorgeous (laughs) um that was also um, obviously a pretty uh, important moment um i kept having cocktails and other drinks the entire night but i don't want to get a quarter or halfway through them and then they'd be lost forever (laughs) that one i took care of uh (laughs) um also uh we i just posted this right before we started the podcast was a story about um burying a bottle of pappy 15 at cousin pete's wedding um, cousin Pete, who's mentioned a lot in this podcast, <laughs> um, a fixture of our lives. Uh, he uh, got married a few months before I did. Um, it's my little cousin who's like a brother to me. And his uh, father-in-law is a, um, a whiskey connoisseur like ourselves. Jim's a great guy. Shout out to Jim. Um, Morgan's dad, Pete's wife's dad. And he has he's, he, he doesn't collect Pappy. I should say he gets a bottle or two of Pappy every year and drinks that bottle or two of Pappy Good every year. Him. Good for him. Good indeed. for him indeed. So he got a bottle of Pappy 15, and it's kind of an Irish tradition. It, there's a little a few different ways to do it, but um, we were at Starved Rock in um, western Illinois for his wedding, and so we buried a bottle of Pappy 15 the morning of his wedding for good luck and good weather. Oh, wow. And we buried it in That's a... Right, um, Next to one of our cabins, so we would know where it was. I get lost. <laughs> I made a video about it. You can check it out on our website. And then uh, after the ceremony, after dinner, and kind of everything was going on, ten thirty or so that night, we uh, uprooted that bottle and unearthed mm. it. So um, we brought it, and Jim and I were probably the probably the two most, I guess people that really appreciated the bottle of Pappy 15. Pete, who doesn't drink a ton of whiskey, but hangs out with us a lot. He kind of has a nice appreciation for it. 
There's a couple of people that are like, oh, I've heard of Pappy. I know it's, I know it's important. Yeah. So um, we all shared the bottle. That bottle probably lasted 12, 15 minutes or so. Awesome. <laughs> and so uh, awesome. graciously, Jim, um, Pete's father-in-law, he gave me the last shot of it. Um, he's like, this one, you, you appreciate it more than anybody else here. So I took a little, looked like a whiskey glass that had a candle in it, threw the candle out, washed it out real quick, poured a bottle of shot itself, and then gave it to uh, Morgan, Pete's wife. And so she had the last shot of the bottle, which I thought was really cool for the bride <laughs> to have. That is cool. So that was a pretty fun, pretty fun day of drinking. Um, and then, you know, this kind of relates back to um, Beguile itself was I thought it was just fucking amazing having a Beguile blonde at Ripley Field on opening day. Like, that was so cool. Like, our buddies made it. Like, that's they, very cool. They have their beer at Wrigley Field. Like, a yeah. local brewery that's been around, like, for six, six seven years. years. Seven years? Um, they get to, like, be with Budweiser and Bushlight yeah. and all, like, the you know, old style, all the standards mm-hmm. when you go to Ripley Field. And Beguile Blonde's there, and we're sitting there drinking it <laughs> <laughs> as the Cubs just dominated the Pirates. So that was pretty cool. They didn't show, show, uh, to Jared, uh, short, share that day with Kevin and the rest of the staff there at Beguile. Um, and then, obviously, Portugal and Australia had some fun experiences. But um, one thing that you and I shared together, which we didn't even intend to, it just kind of happened on a whim, was the master class with Mr. Russell. Yeah, I'll, I was. I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, that was. Um Unexpected. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was at Fountainhead. Yeah, um, we were so at like, Fountainhead. That's we were right. there doing work, and Bob mm-hmm. just kind of asked us, hey, do you want to sit in for the master class with Eddie Russell? Yeah. And we're we, like, for Wild Turkey. And we're like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Are you okay with like, You're is, like, wait a minute. Is, what? It's like, uh, is um, Campari going to be okay with that? <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that yeah, was, go ahead. Yeah. I, to this day, it's one of those that's just, uh, I, I'm at a loss, quite honestly, because it's one of those things where um, you felt something. Mm-hmm. Um, History well, is coursing through that room. Yeah, dude, it was just because, especially in that in that barrel room where they have the barrel tops and whatnot. I mean, the the setting mm-hmm. it was simplistic. Um, he's just so down to earth. Yeah, and owns the room. And own, yeah, and he just and he's just got that southern drawl <laughs> that goes and. I love how he talks about his father, um, yeah. how proud he is of his son, you know, and ultimately how Wild Turkey hasn't changed since day one. And I left with a much more of an appreciation for the brand. Um, I've always been a fan of 101, um, but now it's like I love 101, you know. Mm. Uh, but it's it's just one of those... And then I had a moment with him outside. Yeah. That, and it was, he basically just said, if you feel you're doing it right, if you ever, no, he said, if you ever doubt if you're doing something right, look at the faces of who you do business with. Mm, The people's expression will tell you everything. You never told me that. Yeah. That. That's something I've obviously, I mean, I've held on mm. uh, from that day, but it was just like, you're doing it right just by the expression people give you. If they see you and they smile at you, you're doing it right. Mm. If they see you and they just don't have a moment for you, it, it may be you or maybe your whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was just really, yeah. he, he said that's what he learned from his father. He's just like, well, you know, what, what Mimi is what the family calls him, but he calls him Jimmy. Um, he's, he's just like, Jimmy always tells me, he's just like, you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it wrong, son. Mm. You're doing it right. 
because the orders are coming in, the whiskey's flowing, the bourbon's still good. And if, you know, and if you didn't, you know, you, I'd fire you. But, you know, he would be, you know, he's like, he's like, he's fired me quite a few times, you know, and, but it was just, I don't know, man. It's yeah, it was just one really of those cool. things where you just, you don't talk, you just listen. No, he talked for I probably a solid hour. Yeah. And solid we hour. all just listened and it wasn't nothing repetitive. Yeah. And he would, you know, kind of open it up for questions here and there, but yeah. he's just obviously a girth of knowledge to share yeah. that we hopefully someday can learn you know 10% of <laughs> yeah for sure and be in a pretty good spot there but that was a pretty amazing afternoon so uh thanks to Bob for inviting us to that and yeah. thanks for Campari for letting us yeah, sit for in yeah sitting us yeah. in I mean yeah. they're a Campari rep so Campari owns um Wild Turkey um yeah. and the the care couple reps there that were totally like hey guys took care cool. yeah they were very cool about us being there and you know cuz yeah, and then the best part was that we had about thirty minutes or so after the fact. The staff had left. Yeah, um, I think everyone pretty much left. And Bob Wilson and myself just had a moment with Mister Russell for half yeah. an hour to just just chat the shit. Just chat. <laughs> yeah, we were shooting the shit. He did most of the talking. Yeah, and we did most of the laughing. Yeah, we did, we did <laughs> or, some drinking. But he was yeah, and we did some drinking with him, and he was very transparent. You yep. know, he goes, "Hey, this is how it works. This is what it, this is what this is." Um, the light, man, it's just, it was amazing. It was a cool afternoon, yeah. definitely. Um, awesome. Um, cool. I will go into, I will skip it down one category and go to another one. Kind of leads into it, which is favorite whiskeys. And the reason oh, why I'm jumping into that yeah. one is because it might have something to do with the afternoon. It might have something to do with, like, I don't know what just happened outside my apartment, but something just broke. Um, I don't know. Whatever. Don't know. It's Chicago. Uh, <laughs> Uh, was that um, Russell's 10, um, yeah. the barrel pick from Fountainhead, is one of my favorite whiskeys. It's, it stayed with year. me. The whiskeys I chose are the ones that stayed with me, stayed on my palate for a, yeah. kind of that whole day or just was really thinking about it, chewing on it, literally chewing on it. I agree. Because it has such a like, car- uh, candy uh, almond kind of taste to it, yeah. sugary sweetness, oh, the caramel sweet. notes to it. Really delicious. And Bob was really nervous about it because it was his first barrel pick that he had done by himself for the yeah, company. Aaron, yeah. And he did a great job with it. Um, Mr. Russell was very complimentary on it as well. Yeah. Um, so that was my, one of mine. Um, what else did you have, Wilson? I um, really loved uh, Virgil Kane's um, mm. Electric Owl. That stayed with me too. That, the first time we tried it, I was out. They are a distillery out of North Charleston, South Carolina. And I was introduced to them while I went to a trip to South Carolina um, at a bar uh, called the Swig and Swine and <laughs> nice. uh, had, you know, I only, I had their bur- their ginger infused bourbon at the restaurant and then it, it obviously made me look them up and learn more and then found this nine-year-old electric owl um, whiskey. Um, it's not a bourbon because they added, you know, it's finished differently mm-hmm. um, in different barrels and different uh, blends. Of their whiskey, um, but that just one that just I brought it back. I shared it with Jake. It yep. was fucking delicious. Good it was stuff. it was. How would you describe that? It was it was like almost a a whipped, mm. um, whipped um, infused um, cream of some sort, like a yeah. creme brulee that was mm-hmm. just really delicious. And that was the taste too. I don't remember the exact light. notes of it, but I remember really really enjoying yeah, it. Yeah, that was one um, aside with with the, the Russell's pick that really stood with me. I feel like one of the other ones we're both gonna have, <laughs> <laughs> which is Abuna Alba. Oh my god, I got emotional on that. one. Yeah, um, that, that one, one. I didn't know what to expect from that. Yeah. And no. once again, that has something to do with the afternoon yeah. um, that we were experiencing that day, hanging out with Master Stiller Graham Cruikshank of um, Appalauer. Yeah. So 
when we got to be one of the first people in the country to try this new bottle, yeah. it was delicious and decadent. Yeah. And, um, Wilson, what'd you describe it? I can't remember which dessert you compared it to, but it was, it was just, I can't remember. it was a very overwhelming taste. It stayed with me. I wanted more yeah. of it. They wouldn't pour us more of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I asked for a bottle of it. Still haven't received it, by the way, Cal. I got a pin. <laughs> oh, I got a hat. Actually, I have a hat, for, a hat. I have a hat for you. <laughs> Sweet. I do. He gave me two. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, yeah. It was, that was one that. I was just, that was really touching. Definitely. Yeah. Um, which we'll probably get back to in a second. About. Yeah. Um, and then my third was um, Black Art, um, Bruclati Black Art um, Fourth Edition, um, which is one of their. So, Bruclati does some really experimentational stuff, and huh. they do these blended whiskeys um, called the Black Arts that you don't know what's in the bottle. Like you don't know the okay. blending process, where they came, where the where the whiskey came from, gotcha. um, what distilleries and kind of all that stuff. And so it's they're very expensive bottles, usually ranging in the three hundred dollar range. Gotcha. Um, but but my boss and I, Dave Vitali, we shared the last few ounces of it at a bar um, in Chicago. Gosh, this must have been back in. It was really cold, but I think it was like late spring. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome um, to Chicago. Yeah, right. I think it was like uh, maybe May or something like that. Um, <laughs> you got to finish the last couple ounces of the bottle. And I just remember the taste was just... And I, I never had it because it's so expensive. So yeah. some things I've wanted to try. Um, really enjoyed it and getting to share it with my boss. And then we had this really great conversation about um, Into the Wild, which is one of my favorite books and movies of all time. Um, one last one. Um, a competitor. Um, Pinhook. Oh, yeah. The Pinhook, that, that I was bourbon. considering it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was one that... Um, Should we open that vertical series? Yeah. I haven't opened it yet. We haven't opened it yet? Uh, oh, that's, that that's the one. Yeah, that was one that um, that stuck with me, too. Um, I did, I think I, I associate the whole experience and not just a taste of whiskey. It's weird. It's probably not probably fair. No, I think it's appropriate. I but think it's, I think you it's did? Perfect. Yeah, I think Cause it's... Because I just always wonder, I'm like, man, am I being really fair to these bourbons, whiskeys, scotches, whatnot? Because it's like, you know, it, I, I take everything into consideration, and, and that was one. Um, I was trying it out of spite. Mm. <laughs> you were. Because... Uh, that's that's the brand that I come up against a lot in the market, but I'm like, you know, I gotta try this shit. Yeah. I gotta understand what's going on here. And to the point where when I tried it, I had to give it mad respect. So I reached out to the actual founder of Pinhook. Um, his name's Sean. Um, and I just I reached out to him directly and I was like, Well done. Yeah. Well done, sir. Because um for him to be the master smalier that he is, to take that skill set and then apply it to blending with uh, bourbon was Genius, absolutely genius. Um, so that was a, a bourbon of the year. One of the bourbons that I've had this year that was very um, nice. Uh, that just stood out to me, and I, I just, hey, I give credit where it's due. Yeah. I, now I understand what's kicking me in the ass in the market <laughs> to the point where I even made a second trip to <laughs> Kentucky to learn more about his process, and gotcha. uh, was given some insight in, into in, in regards to that. So you know, because you got to know, you know. Uh, you got to know. I've taken this game so serious mm-hmm. to the point where I'm like, I want to kick someone's ass, but I want to make sure I kick it the right way. You yeah, know? you want to know what you're up against. I want to know. Yeah, I want to know. Um, and then one, I know this is probably, you know, it's not in the craft scene or anything. Um, mm-hmm. Old Forester's 1910. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. No, Old Forester always make delicious products. Yeah. Nothing wrong with there. Yeah, no, but it was that one um, also when I was in Kentucky that nice. stood with me too. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you can always say, like, I, I, I will say, like, I had a Weller 12 the other night mm-hmm. just to, like, revisit the hype. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, this is a different tasting whiskey. It, it, there's these caramel notes to it that are just richer and different yeah. to it. Um, so, like, obviously, those are great whiskeys. Uh, I can't remember if it was, I can't remember which bottle I had opened up this year. Mm-hmm. If it was um, uh, the Chew or Kathleen's batch of Booker's. Um, but both of those were really great. I oh. love but Booker's is my favorite whiskey. So just to be upfront with that, so it's kind of always on there. It's honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah, Kathleen's Porch. This was a tough one because we try whiskey. Like we're at events, and so like you yeah. just try like really great stuff all the time. I'm in a couple whiskey clubs, so people bring stuff. Like I'm, I try these amazing scotches in one of my whiskey clubs, and mm-hmm. I'm drinking like 27, 29-year-old blended scotches. They're just yeah. like I, these it's are crazy. amazing, like amazing yeah. stuff. And like I had a chance to try Lafroy six-year, which is – Awesome, like amazing. No one knows it even exists. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta go. Just a couple weeks ago, I gotta do the new Compass Box uh, tasting. Nice. Um, so that was amazing. You're just kind of like, where do you start with this? And mm. it's funny enough. Like I, I guess looking back on these three, I have, um, you know, a blended Scotch, uh, a Space Side, and then a Bourbon as well, and a lot of other things. I'm kind of thinking about. I had like yeah. Pinhook as like for new whiskeys. I tried this year. Yeah. Kind of, kind of the. The darlings of the crowd right now, if you wanted to say, like, they are like Bard's, yeah. Bardstown, New Riff, those Bardstown are kind of all on there. Yeah. Um, it's coming coming into the markets and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For new whiskeys of of this year, definitely, I I went to a lot of Scotch, tried a lot of Scotch this year, kind of indulged that. But yeah, way. you've taken advantage of that membership that we were gifted um, re- well, earlier. I, I, I paid for mine. Oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so I know, I, I, you've I, taken advantage of it much more than I have. Yeah, so. and like um, uh, like. Brittany, too, my wife, she enjoys scotch and works for a couple um, scotch houses, so that's also a good way of kind of that's getting into too. it um, yeah. of, of that sense. But, yeah, yeah it's been – like even just, like, I've drank some Kilbegan I really liked. You know, it's kind of all over the place. Uh, as we kind of always say, when you're in good company, there's no such thing as bad whiskey. It's true. That's um, a very good point. Something my grandfather taught me. Yeah, but, that's uh, a very good point. Yeah, so even, like, just doing that, like, that shot of Jim Beam before my wedding, like, it's Jim Beam. <laughs> yeah. But, it's, yeah. it's beam. Fuck yeah. it. We but did heck, it anyway. It, it, was, it was good stuff. It was actually good. Ta- it was tasty that day. I think it was the reserve. That's why. I think it was okay. a little different. Because yeah. it was different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was like, hey, that was not what I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. So you so, never know. Um, is there any other whiskeys you want to throw out there? Um, mm. We're kind of in a new category of new whiskeys as well. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that. I opened up um, Wilderness Trail for the, for the I, first time. Yeah. It was the first time. I think it's, I, I, I'm pretty sure I had it in an event, but okay. your pal gets blown out at those events. So um, just yeah. kind, of, kind of lose it that way. Whiskey Trail. I remember trying Wilderness Trail. Or Wilderness Trail, sorry. Um, I tried it. And I remember, because I, again, I tried it because I'm like, why is everyone... Get a lot of good ratings on lot it. Of, yeah, everyone's uh, hyping it. Um, oh, even like uh, McKenna 10 it, when it won Best Whiskey in San Francisco, yeah. I tried the barrel pick. I found, I think it was at yeah, Fountainhead. In, the McKenna 10? Yeah, their, their barrel pick was delicious. Yeah. I mean, this is stuff that's just like, why have I not had this before, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those that's things. That's how it's built in this trail. Everyone's talking about yeah. it. It's won some awards, some really nice accolades this year, so. Yeah, because they, I think they... They're also sponsor. They sponsor Fred Minnick's podcast or one oh, of the Bourbon Pursuit things, or you know, so, so, I don't know if, if that's true or not. But I just know <laughs> that they use you know, Wilderness Trail is, is always part of the intro. So I'm assuming, but I don't know that for a fact. Um, so I've tried it, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, um, new whiskey. There, there will be some new whiskeys coming in 2020 that that I'm very excited about. Um, probably mid to late. Okay. 2020. So, cool. Um, I'll um, leave those people to 
to, to hype that up on their own. Perfect. Um, we will get to the next one, which was favorite cocktails. Oh. Um, this is, like, too hard to remember. <laughs> this is very hard to remember. Um, I wrote down a few. I have that, to, yeah. That I kind of, like, stuck with me, or I had pictures of, and I'm like, oh, I remember that one. <laughs> that was really good. I, I, I literally was scrolling through. I actually did the same thing. I took a picture of it. Yeah. Like, as, you know, uh, so as Bill said, um, Wilson's... Girlfriend's father the other day. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen you without a camera. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I usually have my camera with me. Um, taking photos of something. But, um, yeah, where did you start with? Um, so this was at the Old Forester. Um, oh, cool. Uh, distillery. Well, we did their uh, tour yeah. on, on my second trip down to Kentucky. And I'm looking it up right now. It was, oh, it was just so delicious. I couldn't get over it. Um, so we took a picture of it. It, it is called. Uh, it doesn't have a name. <laughs> Wait, it has to have a name. Oh, yeah. It's called uh, Fall into Spring. Cool. Uh, that was really good. It's the Old Forester. It had this uh, old-fashioned and butternut squash syrup, which nice. I'm like, whoa, okay. Then I had some Averna. And this know, was in the fall you tried it? This was in the okay. fall, yeah. And then a couple of their, you know, staple, a um, couple of Jackie... Uh, Kaizen's um, yeah. syrups that she developed for them oh, cool. um, in an egg white. And I'm a sucker for an egg white in a cocktail because I love whiskey sours as well. So I'm a sucker for a kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so that one, that was probably the best cocktail I had all year. That was that one just like stood. I had two of them. That's how good it was. Not bad for $18 a pop. So that was mine. Nice. Um... Any other things stood out? Any certain bars you went to had a good cocktail at? Um, yeah, actually, here in Chicago, um, Alarmist Brewing Company. Oh, and cool! I know it sounds weird because they're a brewing company and they just won gold like two year a year ago for their Lejeune Le um, mm. Hazy IPA, a New England style IPA. So shout out to the boys at we love uh, our beer cocktail. Yeah, man. But this is a old fashioned. Nice. That they use Ryan, um, that they barreled aged for six weeks in a Very five nice. liter barrel, and it came out tasting like candy. It was beautiful. Nice. Um, for a brewery to be putting out this type of quality and stars a very short, maybe not even more than four cocktails, maybe five at the most mm-hmm. um, on their list, because you know they focus on what they do best, and that's beer. Yep. Fucking delicious. So if you're around on the north side of Chicago, northwest side, make your way to Alarmist for some good beer and some great cocktails and or bubbly for those who don't partake in beer. Very um, nice. So shout out to those guys. They've, they're, they've, they've very much impressed the shit out of us um, this whole year. So Cool. Yeah, and there's been, um, fortunately and thankfully, my job has taken me all across this country, and I've tried some amazing cocktails in California and Texas and New York and mm-hmm. Chicago and even, like, Milwaukee, uh had God, we went to uh, can't remember any of the bars, but we spent a weekend up there and had some good stuff there too. So you can find some stuff all over the country. Even had a good cocktail in Des Moines. <laughs> um, but a couple that stood out to me were um, um, Graham, who runs the bar over at Two, um, over uh, on the yeah. I guess was that West Town. I would say West Town. Yeah, area. Uh, he was. I photographed an event he was at, um, bartending at participating in and uh, we hadn't seen each other gosh, it was probably like a year or so over and we were talking and I'm like yeah we were, I have this photo of you on my phone here look, look at it he's like <laughs> awesome and so he uh, we were just sipping on some whiskey I was in a meeting actually and he brings over um, a Star Wars sour that he made with uh, a compass that he 
designed with uh, d- dots and dashes oh, wow. on top of the foam. And it was an egg-based sour, egg white sour, based sour. Cool. and it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, Kelly, who I was with Nakagama, um, it was uh, just we were like just blown away by it. So that was kind of that stood out, like That's just awesome. like it wasn't because of my whiskey. It was, you, a, it was the presentation, the taste of it, and it's got that egg white. Yeah, man. whatever he put into it, like I didn't even see him really make it. <laughs> he was kind of making it. I just thought he'd make a, bar, a cocktail for somebody else, and he brings it over and stuff. So um, it's somewhere on our Instagram over there. Uh, that, that was really great. Um, one night at the Franklin Room, um, uh, I can't remember. I don't remember who made it, um, which bartender made it. It wasn't Peter. But uh, he, uh, I was just like, yeah, throw, throw the other Star Wars cocktail for me. And I don't know how many different oh, elements wow. have he added. Like, it's an eight-element cocktail. <laughs> cost a lot of money, too, put it that way. Um, but it was one of those one-time things where I it was – I, w- I would say it was probably a take on an old-fashioned, base of it anyway that way. Uh-huh. Um, very boozy forward and uh-huh. uh, a lot of bitter syrups. Um, <laughs> I don't know what he's yeah. doing, but it, it tasted really great. Um, I it. Paid the price for it. Thanks, Star Wars. Uh, I'll take a bill on that one. That was nice. And then uh, at an Uppers and Downers, which is associated with an event put on by Good Beer Hunting, mm. um, their annual cocktail program or cocktail competition that they do uh, right around Whiskey Week, actually, which is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. They um, they did it basically making Irish coffees was the basis of the cocktail this okay. year. And I think they had like 12 bartenders from all over. Mike from Money Gun, he made my favorite. It had this really great like anise and fennel taste to it. It oh, reminds my my grandfather made homemade anise candy, so it reminded me a lot of that. It really stuck oh, with me. Yeah, I think he nice. I think he got like second or third in the competition. He was my favorite, actually. Tate Foreman won the competition Tate. from LA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we met. That's funny. Um, so an LA kid flew in that afternoon and be a bunch of Chicago bartenders. Ain't it crazy? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but crazy. it was really cool to see the community come behind him, help him support uh, yeah. making his cocktail for the uppers and downers of event that weekend because the winner of the competition got to make the cocktail throughout the entire event but he only brought enough to make it for the actual competition that oh, night so not thinking enough. he'd actually win but then everybody like pitched together, like my bar can give you this my bar can give you that oh that's good yeah ass. so that's like that's chicago that's, awesome. that's chicago no, right there yeah, for it there you go um so that so was cool we, we support. Um, those are some of my favorites and then you know kind of all throughout i don't want to leave anybody out you know obviously there's some there's so many amazing so bartenders many around things. the city yeah, um so many people. places i've tried in, in new york where we just like I had the fortune of enough Mr. Black who the ball is sitting right in front of me. Mm. We do a lot of work together and I was good in coffee by the way. Oh, it's really just, good. Yeah. It's I mean just amazing espresso martinis I've had with yeah, it. It's delicious. Um, involving both Star Wars and Mr. Black and then just I mean the, like old old Forester cocktails. Like the best go to, you know, kind of standard yeah. bourbon you can have behind the bar. So yeah, so you're all over the place with those. Don't want to leave anybody out, but obviously we're going to. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, for uh, time's sake, because we're already over an hour. Um, uh, next one is uh, new people we met in the industry or friends we made along the way. I probably oh, feel like wow. we have a very similar list to this. I would I'm, say so, I'm yeah. going to go back to starting off with Mr. Russell in that afternoon. Um, not like we're best Couldn't, friends, but yeah. we... It was our second encounter with him. He didn't remember the first one. Probably doesn't remember that one either. <laughs> but uh, we met him at Delilah's during Whiskey Week, yeah. um, which was really neat and cool. We got a photo taken with him um, and got you know chat for a couple minutes. Yeah. Whatever. Didn't want to. Didn't want to be that guy you were hanging out too long. Yeah. Um, but then we had got to spend that master class with him for almost two hours of time. And mm. I'm I know he doesn't remember our names, but I hope he remembers like. The, the appreciation and the conversation we had with I, him. I agree with and you. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. So he's definitely up there with us. Um, we've kind of spent enough time talking about that, um, not to shun him off or anything, but just uh, <laughs> to move on. Um, and I would also probably say Graham is probably on there for the both of us as well. Yeah, she was uh, cool. He was so fucking cool, man. He's a badass. <laughs> he's a badass, man. You unfortunately weren't there for the second podcast we recorded with him yeah, across the street from here over at Wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, damn it. But um, yeah, no, go ahead. Um, I, I've had, 
locally, uh, mm-hmm. two two people. Um, Brett with Sagamore. Yep, Brett's on my list too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Brett from Sagamore. Three he for was, three. Yeah, he's great guy. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't tried the Sagamore rye, try the Sagamore rye. It's, it's Maryland style rye. It's really nice. And let Brett talk to you about it. And let Brett talk to you about it. I mean, he's. 22 he, years in the industry? Yeah, 22 years. But you know what? He doesn't come He doesn't come across that no, way. That's no. what I love about Brett. Learning every day still. Yeah, he's he takes it. He, he takes what you give him, you know? Uh, he's a great guy to talk to and, and, and yeah, full of knowledge. I think we only knew each other through Instagram, and then we didn't meet. And t- until I, I don't think we until met. Until the podcast. Yeah, I don't think we met until the podcast. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> and he hung out after the fact oh, um, for a while, so definitely. that was really cool. Yeah, he's definitely become a strong friend of the industry for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then who else did that? Um, someone I met in Kentucky nice. by happen chance. This is probably the first time I've ever been awestruck. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, ever in my life because I'm not into celebrity. I'm not into all that crazy shit. Um, but Marianne Aves, uh, sh- she was the first master distiller and the female master distiller in the state of Kentucky uh, since Prohibition. Um, and she is, she was the master distiller for a brand coming out to market pretty soon here called Castle and Key. And uh, since then she's left, uh, but her story is amazing. So if you, mm. if you have some time, she's got a really great Ted talk that's online. Yeah. Um, that she, that's not even 10, 12 minutes long. And she's just, you get such a great glimpse of her. She is, but when I met her, it was she was she just captures you she's got this aura about her that you so sweet mm. you would never guess what she does for a living um because it wasn't about her yeah. she had friends with her and she spoke with us and she just you know she goes oh you know you should come around this tour <laughs> and i mean she was just it was just hospitality at its best and we weren't even in her house you know what i'm saying it was mm. really cool just the Which way distillery were you at we were at uh, woodford okay. we were at woodford reserve and um talked to her for about 10 maybe 15 minutes at the most okay. um and it was just like wow you know that that was just that was really really cool nice. um since we, i've been able to um not stalker <laughs> <laughs> but we've been we've stayed in touch uh oh, that's nice in instagram uh because she's doing a lot of cool things and it's just things yeah. you know and i ask questions uh she's offered herself you know in that way um so of course i'm gonna take advantage of it um uh, she to be like somebody to, um, if you're young in this industry, look yeah. up to because she's what thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, she's not even yeah. though. She's I think she's thirty two or thirty. Okay, so she's my age. Yeah, yeah, she's your, um, yeah for sure your age. Obviously, if you're a woman in this industry, somebody look up to. Yeah, uh, she's obviously, absolutely amazing. And and Jackie Zykin. Mm. You met her. That was badass. How oh, did you meet her? Yeah, it was again by happen chance. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that was that was kick ass. It was a quick introduction, um, and then uh, she gave me her card. And then, um, cause I, we were at, uh, it was my first trip and, uh, the, the old fashioned I had was a Zach, was a Jackie's Eichen old fashioned recipe. <laughs> so happen chance she's there nice. and she, uh, she was, it was really cool. Nice. That was very cool. Um, so yeah, I guess a lot of, I think, yeah. And bills locally. Local, locally. God. I think. One person that I've known for a while, we both have, but um, it's really cool to become friends with is Marty. Marty, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure, Marty. Yeah, I mean, we've known of Marty since I've known Marty for yeah. five years. Yeah, I mean, I've known him five. I've met him five was. years yeah. ago. Yeah, but it's like be friendly with him. But um, to be fr- yeah, correct. How to much he's helped us with yeah. this podcast, connecting us with people, promoting us, just yeah. all that. Um, yeah, been amazing. That's that's like 
the uncle that you <laughs> that everyone should have in their life. You know, yeah, so shout out to Uncle, uncle Marty. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, a Callum as well, and then like, uh, I mean, just like kids, kids of who can't put it any other way. Solid that kid dude. Is, I'm, 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 I'm excited for him and what he's got ahead of himself. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a very good kid. And shout out to. Uh, um, Alan, you know, yeah. we miss you, man. Deported. He's, yeah, <laughs> he was in deported. <laughs> you guys need to be more sensitive about that shit. Something like that. <laughs> no, he was a good dude as well. Missed missed him leaving. Yeah, there's been a, I mean, there's so many people you meet. Yeah. Every, you meet new people every week, and yeah. there's so many great people out there. It's true. It's um, true. Like, even the people I work with, yeah. like, like, just amazing. Like, even shout that like my counterpart in New York, Katrina, she's yeah. awesome. Just amazing person to work with. I don't think if I had, like, that... Yin and Yang to bounce off of yeah. the, the the emotional support you need for this industry sometimes, this and is to true. have somebody else there like it's yeah. uh, that have like different experiences in a different city, mm-hmm. um, like her whole different perception of the industry being a woman as well, um, yeah. who's lived all over the world and traveled all over the world. Um, it's really cool to have somebody to bounce your kind of uh, your uh, your complaints with off of every single day. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. You know, and it's funny because now that I think about it, you know, you mentioned you know w- women in this industry. Um, mm-hmm. They're out there, man. Yeah. And they're badass. Oh, hell, hell yeah. And um, I can't help but seek them out. Um, during when I'm out and about, you know, uh, like Jamie Duffy. Yeah. I think she's a star in the making in this industry. Um, she's got, you know, her uncle uh, that's, you know, kind of like guiding her. And she's got her own spirit and her own, you know, gusto that she that <laughs> she goes with. Um, but I've... I've and then with Marianne and then with Jackie, I mean, those are women that I sought out because it's like you offer such a different perspective to this amazing yeah. juice that we all enjoy and we and we peddle every day. Um, and the stories are obviously vast um, and different, but that's mm-hmm. what I love about it. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm I always seek out more of the women in our industry because that's just a perspective that. Only they can share. hundred percent. You know, um, one last person. Just oh, give yeah. a shout out to my boss, Dave Vitale. <laughs> um, as I've uh, noted on this podcast and documented, um, I met Dave last and just talked about it earlier. I <laughs> uh, met him at an event uh, where the whiskeys at Benny's in uh, March. Had a conversation about his whiskey, um, just about things in general. And an hour later, he offered me a job to be the first uh, employee for Star Wars in the United States. Um, awesome. It's something I don't take lightly nope. at all. Um, Work, try to work hard every day to do that and uh, do the best for him because he's one of the most genuine, humble, um, nicest individuals I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, yeah. Full of information, full of knowledge, not just about whiskey and like being like being you know, a founder of a business, you know, an international business, yeah. um, but just talks to you like a human being every single time I'm with him. Never was like that odd boss. <laughs> well, you know, boss just, talk. They can have that odd air of in the atmosphere sometimes, where you're like, "How do I talk to somebody who's yeah. my superior?" Exactly. He never treats that you boss like that. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Never talks. Never talks to you like that. It was just a, kind of an instant friendship, if you will. Yeah. Um, where you have to keep the balance between friendship and coworker, um, and you know, boss. But it is more like we're coworkers versus like yeah. I'm working for him. Um, so I really appreciate that. He's given me the amazing opportunities that I get to talk about in this podcast and share with um, people on Instagram and um, really in a way, live out my dream because this is the industry that I've strived to work for. Um, and this is the position that I've strived to be in too. It yeah. was amazing talking to, uh, um, one of my former coworkers over at Koval, um, who attended a recent event with us over, um, for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
it seems like you're uh, you're doing what you should be doing in this yeah. industry. And coming from that person, that individual, uh, means a hell of a whole lot. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, and thank, thanks for Dave for giving me these opportunities so far this year. And hopefully we can crush it in 2020. 2020. Whatever that Rolling means. Whatever 20s. that means. I guess on a less uh, um, serious note, um, let's run through these quick uh, yeah. best events in 2019. <sighs> you know, I... They all kind of become the same thing, <laughs> they do. Uh, they quite do. honestly. So I'm going to go off the whiskey tasting events, and I'm going to go more something Love that it. hits home. And it's, I'm going to go with show of hands. Oh, cool. Yeah, great. Um, shout out to um, Emily Wentz. Uh, she's a magnificent human being. She is uh, owner of Orange Beautiful Design. Um, she is the founder well, she, of the Show of Hand events here in Chicago. It's been going on for, I want to say, what, six, eight, somewhere between their years. Wow, that's so long. And all it is is her curating a maker event of makers throughout the city of Chicago, throughout the country. Um, you know, she puts, she gets them all under one roof, and they come in and they sell their goods. You know, and these are people that want to talk about shopping local. Yeah. You know, these yeah. are people that <laughs> have put their lives into their craft and um, and what they make, and uh, and try to make a living off it. Some of them do very very well. If not all of them, they do very well. They do beautiful things. Uh, very original things. So being able to sponsor her show the last two years um, with cocktails and just being there around her and, and, and these magnificent makers, um, can't top it. Cool. Can't top it. So yeah. shout out to Emily. Shout out to uh, Show of Hands. Event. Also, a quick shout out to uh, Chris Blantner. Um, just want to say thank you for supporting us mm. um, on the podcast and also our individual brands. Um, yeah, Chris is definitely somebody up there too. Yeah. I met this year, definitely. Yeah. Um, that's great. Um, kind of, I kept more of the whiskey route. Uh, this world of whiskeys at Benicia, which I think if you're a whiskey person yeah. in, in Chicago or nearby, what is it? $40 to go to? Yep. 220 distilleries, legitimately 220 yeah. distilleries, not lying about whiskey no. and barrel nights saying they have 220 distilleries when no. it's 220 whiskey sitting on a table. Correct. Um, <laughs> whiskey and barrel night is not on my top. Yeah. Uh, but a, uh, <laughs> That's great event to attend to. Um, three hours long, I believe, um, and you can buy afterwards too. You get to talk to you literally get to talk to the makers. I mean, like my boss yeah. from Australia was there last year. He's coming this year. Um, awesome. Indie Spirit Chicago, obviously, we have a good relationship with Jimmy, Jamie, uh, Marty, um, Dave Schmier, great guy as well. Yeah, uh, just something that we like to do locally. Then my favorite event probably of this year was Wine Riot. So Wine nice. Riot uh, is a series that runs in. Um, kind of in congruency with uh, Whiskey Extravaganza and the Cachon events put on by Agency 21. Um, Whiskey Extravaganza is obviously a whiskey-focused event, which Mm. is really great to attend as well. If it comes to your city, I recommend you going to it. I'll be be there pouring it for you. Um, (laughs) On the next day is Wine Riot. So Wine Riot is kind of more of a wine event with a few whiskeys there. Um, We do it personally as a brand because we barrel-age all our whiskeys in wine casks. So we can have that offering. I make a sangria to go along with it. The Chicago one was just like, it was just fun. It was just like, I I drank a lot of White Claw. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't drink, I don't know if I had any wine, to be honest with the entire time. Uh, I drank a lot of whiskey because there's distilleries there too. Uh, But it's two sessions. Um, Some friends came to that one Katrina flew in from New York to help me out with that weekend because I had like awesome. four events that weekend and just had a great old time and the guys that run it are amazing so shout out to you to Heather and Evan for that and Arden um, and yeah, good one to go to there are some other ones I guess like food and whiskey events that I attended um, yeah, those are cool. that are about about the throughout the year that yeah. are pretty neat 
Um, just like small little local ones can be fun too. So they are. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to actually, there's two guys I like to shout out and yeah. to give thanks to. It's uh, Lee Garber and mm. and Ike. Def. Um Lee Garber of uh, Chicago Twenty Something Events. You know he puts on a lot of whiskey shows, wine shows, rosé. I mean he does it. He's trying to tailor to everyone's tastes. Um, so shout out to him. Um, and then Ike um, Murov. Mm-hmm. I apologize, Ike, if I'm not saying your last name properly. Um, M U R O V, right? Yeah, yeah. Murov. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, you know, is my boy. So my boy Ike, really great guy. He's also very supportive of us and um, and what we're trying to do as as brand ambassadors. Always opening the door and making opportunities for, for sure. us. Um, so and he runs a great fucking show, as does Lee. So shout out to those guys, uh, those two guys as well. Yep. Small local events. Yeah. Um, Small local tastings. Yep. Yeah. Really nice. good to go to. Um, mm-hmm. And the other food show. There's so many to go to these. Oh, days oh that so I mean like we did well we'll do like a random event at Delilah's on a Tuesday and it's great yeah. event. you never know like you never know yeah, it's just, just it, it, it could be all out there but um yeah uh enjoying whiskey clubs is another events too if you're looking yeah, for something to do if you're if you're a woman in this industry or someone who's really interested in whiskey don't have to be in the industry either mm-hmm. women who whiskey is a great uh event or a great um club for women to join to talk about whiskey try things and do really unique um events mm-hmm. with them so shout out to Kelly and their bales out there, um, and Stacy and who runs the uh, the newly formed Long Beach, California chapter. Oh, nice! Yeah, Long um, Beach, Long Beach, formerly of the LA chapter. Nice, but Long Beach just got too popular with the whiskey for the ladies. Nice, so they have the, they have their own now. Whiskey um, ladies. Events to look forward to in twenty twenty. Um, oh, real quick, wow. I started off with uh, the first one, which is a uh, Galena Whiskey Weekend. Yes, that's on my list as well. That's the first and only one on we, my list I, actually because uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I've, this is the first time for both of us. Yep. Um, it's only the third it's the third i believe second or third it's the third okay it's the third um i believe anyways uh yeah looking forward to that galena in itself is a great small town outside yeah, of chicago definitely. you know to go to they've got great antique shops uh just really really picturesque little you know yeah. town uh blonde brothers are out there so shout out to matt and mike um and the rest of the crew out there looking forward to hanging out with them um and taking part in this shout out to um, Tim of Family Beer yeah. uh, and Liquors, who Looking actually is, uh, you know, putting this all together, organizing this, and having us out. So I appreciate that. Definitely. Um, so if you're looking to do something on a weekend getaway, Galena is obviously one of the ones that's always been um, yep. on the on people's lists, regardless of time of year. Um, so if you like whiskey and you like antiquing and you just like to be in a new part for the weekend, come out to Galena. It is the last uh, uh, Saturday in mm-hmm. January, I believe, the 25th. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, tickets are still available. Um, I think you're going to have, shit, over 200 whiskeys there. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah it's, I, it seems pretty huge. Between 100 and 200 whiskeys. And if you're attending or if you're a vendor, whatever it may be, I will be up there on the Friday before for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Wilson's not decided yet. I have not decided yet. It's Either a way, of logistics. we would love to record some podcasts while we're up there. Yeah. Um, talk to people we haven't talked to, talk to some old friends as well. Um, so if you're interested in that and all, let it shout us out um, and we'll try to get something set up for Friday or Saturday right. or maybe just really hungover on Sunday. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, one of the whiskey traffic ends I had on there, go to it if it's in your city. Um, and then also um, Bar Convent, Convent um, in mm. Brooklyn, which is a national, it's an international event, but the one in Brooklyn is one I've been to. Um, going back to, we're going to be uh, f- uh, featuring there as well mm-hmm. um, with a bar. But if you're in the industry, it's an industry event for people who are bartenders, ambassadors, yeah. basically have to get in with a with a business card saying you work in the industry. Um, but if you're looking to, like, to network, try new things, think maybe, hey, maybe I'm going to move to New York, something like that, or go to a different <laughs> bar, sit on 
on semi- seminars to run, learn how to like run an operation from the ground level in your restaurant or your bar. Uh, just really listen to interesting people talk and try really unique products. And you're truly talking to the makers and distillers of these companies while there. Um, I would definitely give that one a go to. It's really yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, also, also you just get drink a lot. That's but actually that sounds really fucking cool. It's a really it's a really great event. If um, I'd uh, recommend anybody going to it at least once if they can. I think it's a two or three day event, mm-hmm. and there's always parties going on um, afterwards too, all across the city. So it's pretty fun to hang out there. Yeah, uh, we're gonna skip a couple of the last ones um, and then go straight to our last topic, which we hinted at beginning. Um, Plan your perfect night in oh, Chicago. Yeah. Just because we're already about an hour and 20 into the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't want to waste too much of your time. I'm um, very simplistic. Yeah. I want to hear this, though. I think Because so, we have a lot of people outside of Chicago listening to this podcast. Yeah. Shout out to you, 35 in Spain. Hey. Buenos dias. Um, I, this, I know this is illegal to do. Oh. Um, I so, like when it's a start. Yeah. Again. It's illegal to do, but this is something that would be perfect for me to do. Um. Whether I do it alone, my, my main man Jake here, you know, our significant others. I don't do illegal things. <laughs> or just, you know, with a friend uh, or just family. I would just really love to grab a bottle of booze, mm. walk down to the lake, right? Order a pizza. Ooh. Where have, from? Uh, you know what? Quite honestly, I didn't think about that part. I just want to like to eat a, I want to eat a slice of pizza on the beach. Yeah. Fall evening and wash them down with like highballs. That'd be fun. You know what I'm saying? It's a good night. And just, and if, if, again, I don't believe it's legal to make a bonfire on the, on our lake. That's very illegal. Okay. You will get caught for that. Okay. The bottle of booze, you probably won't. Yeah. Okay. Bottle booze is easy to conceal. And they don't really care if you're drinking down there as long as you're not being idiots. Yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. So this is possible. So you're saying this is possible. Um, But I would just, and I would just want to look at the skyline. Yeah. I just want to do that. I just want to sit and just chill. And I just, love that, man. No, because I think people don't understand how much of the lake plays into the city. I agree. It's a huge atmospheric yeah. part of yeah. what it's, Chicago is about. I live like five minutes walk from the lake literally. because I have trouble um, with the juxtaposition between the city and nature. So that mm-hmm. is my nature. Yeah. Um, going out there and running around along the lake. If you're running up north, all you see is trees and water yeah. and uh, open park, mm-hmm. and then when you run back south, there in the background is this giant city, sitting behind these trees and the yeah. grass and the sunrise in the morning, and with that, it helps you have that balance between. All right, I feel enter that concrete jungle where I'm gonna get lost in here because I'm just a number. Yeah, but out here I can feel okay in my head. Yeah, and have like a simplicity to my day where it's it's calming and relieving. Yeah, it is. Well said, very eloquently said. I think about it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you obviously do. <laughs> I'm um, just like I just want to do. I just want to do illegal things. I just want to eat pizza. <laughs> um, I mean, the pizza fires because I'm I can usually give a hungry. Quick, if so. I can give you a quick, because I would say if you're going to do that, you would probably come in through the Lakeview Lincoln yeah. Park area. Yeah, there's so, a lot more. So, you a, know, a few suggestions on the pizza places to pick up while right. going down there, right. if I may. Please do. Um, Michael's in Buena Park. Michael's in Buena Park. Which okay. you haven't been to. I, think I, have not, night. I have not been to Michael's in Buena uh, Park. No. Obviously, Pequod's. Pequod's, I'm only a fan of when Bill is in town. Shout out to Bill. Yeah. Um, he loves that place. But um, If you're looking for original deep dish, mm. uh, Nancy's just down the street here on uh, Belmont. Oh, you or, said uh, on Broadway. Broadway. 
delicious. Um, if you're looking for a New York style slice in Lincoln Park to get from, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, then I, I just want a quick slice. Then I got a place for you. Yeah, I actually don't even want to say it because I don't want people to know about it. <laughs> well, let's just say it's a uh, Fullerton and Clark area. Okay. Yeah. Oh uh, no! Shout out to Luigi's Cafe. Uh, Luigi's is probably our go-to pizza spot. Nice. Um, but also with the addition to Happy Camper into the Wrigleyville, got to go with that. Or Happy Camper in Old Town, you can get gotcha. to the lake that way. So a few little, a few little um, pie suggestions if you're gonna go yeah. bring a ball to the beach. Um, for me, I was I was actually kind of like hoping I was gonna base this all off of you and kind of run with ideas because. Well, I just didn't know. I didn't know. Like, there's so much to go through in this city. Like, where do you there start? Um, where do you start? Yeah. So. Kind of, I don't know, like for us, we like to explore all over the city and try new cocktail places and yeah. try new restaurants. You know, we, we always do a holiday dinner, um, the wife and I, myself, and went to a new restaurant over um, kind of in the west side of town, which, eh. What was the call? <laughs> that, I just remember, yeah, I remember. Don't you worry about that. that. Oh, okay, sorry. It's all right. Sorry about that. It was good. It was fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, we were always uh, exploring so it's hard to like really say like where I want my night to begin and where yeah. I want. My, I always know like if I'm gonna like, have like a night out and doing a fun thing, I kind of like end up at dry hop at some point <laughs> <laughs> and want to have a beer at the end of the night. Um, kind of early on in our younger days, um, Brittany and I would yeah. end there and get like a they were really great um, skillet cookie. Oh wow! And then you put vanilla ice vanilla bourbon S- ice cream on top of that. Like you vanilla can, bourbon ice you cream. You taste the bourbon. Oh wow, yeah, that's yeah. Now, so that's like a really great, like kind of like late night dessert me. spot to end yeah, at. Now you're talking to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's rough. It's not rough. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the no, the amount of choices good, yes. that we have here, they're very extensive. Yeah, you got over five thousand bars and restaurants, and it's a city limits alone. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, I guess if you're like, maybe from like do like a whiskey route place, making your way in and up through the city. Um, I don't know. It's I'm gonna leave too many people out. Yeah, I, I agree. don't, don't want to leave anybody out. Um, I would. I would personally. I always tell people the places to I'll, do things in Chicago. Yeah, you should t- you make sure Chicago's part of it. Heck yeah! So I always tell them, go to the hotel bars. Oh okay. Like, I thought about that. Yeah, go to hotel bars and like, there's a great bar if if you're not into hotel bars or whatnot. A lot there's of them, a great yeah. bar in the Gold Coast. It's called Sparrow. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's the way it's designed. It's to mimic a hotel lobby. Yeah, you know, an old school nineteen twenties hotel lobby. Yeah, a small bar. It seats maybe twelve people at the huh. bar, and then there's a couple two tree booths there. Nice, love it. So I just I'm a big fan of architecture, design, yeah. Chicago history, all history. Um, like many of our friends are, yeah. and that's how I love to spend like if i go out that's yeah. how i spend it the old chicago athletic center yeah yeah cherry cool. circle room full yeah. you get a good taste of everything that evolves around chicago bottom baptiste there you go bottom baptiste the, the, uh, best the actual view. one of the best the views in the city yeah. yeah there you go well wonderful place sums it up um well there's 2019 for you folks um there it is 51 episodes pretty crazy uh and it's 52 10, weeks 10 11 months ago i started this podcast i didn't think Anybody would listen? <laughs> I'm not sure if anybody actually still does listen. Um, but just did it because I wanted to share what I, my love for whiskey and the stories that are based here in Chicago and all throughout the country and who anybody were fortunate enough to talk to. That's true. Um, for everybody who's out there that's ever downloaded one podcast, listen to one minute of it. I thank you. Um, I thank you. Hopefully we'll get to do more of this next year and do more things. We have yeah. some fun things planned, obviously, down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to say, like, we don't make money from this. We don't 
I, I lose money with all the <laughs> equipment and everything I have to buy for it. Um, but I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of my entire week, and I love my job. So every Friday or Monday, whenever it is that we record um, and sit down, well, I'm just great to hang out with my best friends and then also hang out with like really great people. And we have guests on too because every, every person we've talked to on this podcast is I consider a friend. They're yeah. great. Every every person, we've, every single person we've talked to has yeah. been gracious and humble with their time yeah. and their appreciation for who we are and what we're doing here. Very true. Well so for everybody out there, um, be safe on New Year's Eve. Be safe. And enjoy the fuck out of 2020. Fucking A, It's going to be a fun decade. It's going to be fun. Awesome, guys. We're going to cheers. For one last time, cheers. <laughs>